0: Exactly. Like someone in your life taught you how to brush your teeth every morning. And because of that, every morning you get up and you brush your teeth the exact same way. But, but like someone else taught you that when you're stressed, you go to the cupboard at night. My mother would get really stressed on Sunday night. And so I noticed myself binging every Sunday night or before I went on a trip. And I track that to like, that was my experience as a childhood. So as a child, I realized that on those in those two experiences, there was stress, anxiety, fear, worry. And so even though there was no stress on a Sunday night in my current home, that pattern had been basically transferred from my childhood to today. And I was operating from that place and I'm like, this doesn't feel good, something doesn't feel good. So I would go to the cupboard. And when I started to recognize, I feel safe, there's nothing to stress about, I have no fear.
1: We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 67 of the Grind to Be Grateful podcast. And today I want to just keep it real and start off by saying, look, it happens, Body insecurity happens, food anxiety happens, body shaming happens, yo-yo dieting happens, weight gain happens, weight loss happens... It all happens to most of us, and to be honest, just because it's a common experience doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't suck, and that's okay. But today's guest is here to tell us that it is not our fault, and the good news is that it doesn't have to be forever. There is a solution that will allow us all to feel happy, free, and confident in our bodies for the rest of our lives. And today's guest is Sarah Ann Stewart, and she's going to change your mindset, and in turn possibly change your life. I don't want to oversell her, but definitely possibly change your life. Her clients have included best-selling authors, celebrity chefs, professional athletes, reality TV stars, top CEOs, high performance executives, and badass women from all walks of life. And I cannot wait for you to meet her. Guys, Sarah Ann is a certified holistic health practitioner. I think that's Amazing. And her mission and passion are one in the same shifting the world to a greater state of happiness through well being. And today, Sarah and I are going to talk about how you can achieve a body that you love in a holistic, balanced, happy way. Because Sarah has discovered exactly what keeps women from achieving those healthy body goals. And today, she's going to share with us exactly what she's found and how to beat it so that we can all free ourselves from our weight struggles and start living our life again in a body and mind that we are proud of. This week's show is brought to you by My Ride or Die, a supplement company, PE Science. P-Science has been in my corner for years and years now. Like I really mean it when I say ride or die. They've supported me through so many different chapters of my fitness journey and just my life in general, from college volleyball to bikini competitions to powerlifting to hormone balancing and overall wellness. They have helped me do it all, and they have a product for everything. They have a huge variety of super high-quality, purity-guaranteed Products, but the ones I use every single day at this point in my journey are the Vegan Select Protein, the Women's True Multivitamin, which is designed for active women, the Symbiont GI Probiotic and Digestive Enzymes, and their Omega 3 Plus Super High Quality Fish Oil. And all of these combined are like my little team of supplement superheroes, and they work together to make sure that I continue to feel amazing, see progress towards my goals, and just maintain my overall health. So if you're looking for a protein powder, for example, I absolutely love their options. And the vegan one is really great for anyone who avoids dairy or just wants a more natural option. It's made from a blend of pea and brown rice protein, and it's sweetened with stevia. So you can just feel really good about taking it. And it's delicious. My favorite flavors are the peanut butter delight and the cinnamon delight. And just the best part about PE Science as a whole is that they take product quality and efficacy super, super seriously. Like Everything is backed by science. Everything is clinically dosed and tested for purity before it even makes it into your hands. And they're one of the few truly trustworthy and honest companies in the supplement industry. And that's one of the reasons I'm just so proud to be a part of their family and proud to have this week's show sponsored by them. So if you want to check out all of the products that I use and love and all the products that PE Science has to offer, you can head to pescience.com to start shopping and then to get a 15% off discount just enter code Marie at checkout again that's p-e-s-c-i-e-n-c-e-p-e-science.com and the 15% off code is Marie and last but not least let's do the review of the week this one comes from my girl Annie Tears she says my daily dose of inspiration five stars Marie, I had to jump on here to say that I am one of your Move Nurse Shine tribe girls. What's up, what's up? She is in my Move Nurse Shine collective, and it is, like, probably literally the most amazing group that we've had so far um, anyway she said this takes my daily self-care and inspiration to another level i take your podcast with me on my daily walks and i have to say i'm sad to end them and sometimes they last way longer than anticipated because i love every episode and don't want to stop listening so glad i found your instagram page program and podcast this stuff is seriously life changing again guys annie is a member of the move nourish shine collective which is my group mentorship program and i love that she is combining what we do in mns with the podcast like what a go-getter she's really taking ownership of her journey and just combining the forces of the podcast all of our guests as well as the workshops in mns and she's having like she's just creating the most amazing transformation for herself so thank you so much annie for leaving your review for the show please dm me on instagram so i can get your address and send a little wellness um goody your way and if you're not Annie, you're not the review of the week, but you'd like a chance at being featured and getting a wellness goodie of your own, all you have to do is find the Grind and Be Grateful podcast on either the iTunes app on your Apple computer or the Apple podcast app on your iPhone. Find the podcast, leave us a rating and a review, and you'll automatically be entered for the review of the week. So if you listen in next week and we feature you, then I will send you a surprise wellness goodie, one of my favorites. And I think that is just the perfect little token of gratitude because I know leaving a review really only takes you like one minute, but it makes our entire day and it truly helps the podcast grow. So if you have benefited, from any of our episodes if this has impacted your life or even just provided you with an hour of entertainment then that would be an amazing way to send some love back our way another great opportunity to support us is sharing the show with a friend you could text it to them you could send them a screenshot you could post a screenshot on your instagram story any way that you can share this message and get it to more people helps our community grow and helps the show thrive so that we can keep touching more lives and keep fulfilling our mission of helping women around the world. So huge shout out to anyone that has ever left us a rating and review and anyone that is planning to after listening to this. Without further ado, let's get to the episode and hear from Sarah and Stewart. Welcome to the show,
0: Sarah. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to connect with you today and and jam about health and wellness and all the things.
1: Yeah, likewise, likewise. And our listeners have already heard like a quick bio about you, so they kind of know the rundown, but Mm -hmm. let's just start back at the beginning if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah, I would love to love to share. Okay, awesome. So you talk a lot about growing up in like a really holistic environment, which mm-hmm. I think kind of makes you unique and it's something really special. So can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Like I know you've said that getting in trouble wasn't like the same for you <laughs> as most kids and just kind of how your family approached confidence, things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting cuz I grew up in a really holistic environment so much so that we were doing yoga in the basement before yoga wasn't mainstream and we were meditating, we were doing all these things that a lot of people considered woo woo back then. Like people uh-huh. are like, What are they doing? They're going wheatgrass in their garage and they have <laughs> you know, they're saging their home and um and so it was strange for me because I always felt a little bit different in the sense of like I was going to meditation classes with with my mom's friends and learning about these things that that a lot of the kids around me weren't learning about. And we grew up in a regular subdivision in a little town in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, yeah, it was very, it was definitely a very different world. And my, my dad was a public speaker and he spoke a lot about the mind-body connection and the psych- psychology and the subconscious mind and how we're we're spiritual beings, and, and so for the dinner table conversation, for most kids who were who were staying over at our house, it was definitely an interesting experience yeah, interesting. for them. Um, and so much so that when my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, he decided to go a different route, and he ended up curing himself a hundred percent with food. And through the mind-body connection and meditation and yoga and all the things that he had been teaching us growing up. And it was so interesting because right around the time he got cancer, I was also scouted to model. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I have this good head on my shoulders. I'm going to be completely okay. You know, what, what could happen, right? Going to Chicago and shooting, you know, shooting some catalogs and just seeing where this could take me. And the interesting thing was when I went to Chicago, I was like, wow, there's this other world, this big world that I want to see. And so it sparked this, this experience in me where I was like, there's so much more to my life than just living in a small town and growing up here. So it was a beautiful blessing in that. But the interesting thing was within moments, literally probably within the first few days of signing this contract, I started to have disordered eating and this really unhealthy relationship with my body. Mm. And it just spiraled out of control over the next 10 years. And about a decade later, I was told by a doctor, if you do not figure this out. If you do not go get help, you're going to lose your life to anorexia. And I remember thinking like, no, no, no. But then, you know, finally I I, I woke up and I I kept denying the truth for a very long time. Um, And finally woke up to the, to the, to the having to face the fact that I needed to change my career. Um, and I couldn't continue down the same road any longer. And the interesting thing for me, I was like having a flashback of my life and I'm like, how did I get here? Like Mm -hmm. I grew up in this really beautiful environment. Like how did this girl who knew all this information about the power of food get to this place where she's going to lose her life because of food? And that contrast really woke me up to the idea that media, culture, how we're raised, fashion, just what we're exposed to on a daily basis and how it's impacting us on such a massive scale um, is really something that over the years I've I've grown to really – Um, become passionate about. And it's my mission on this planet to really spread light on like how damaging a lot of the programming can be Mm -hmm. um, because of my own experience of having this contrast. And what I found was that the more nutrition information I got when I decided to heal, the more doctors that told me, okay, you're physically better, you're better, go back to living your life. I'm like, but I'm not better. I'm not actually better. I'm still having anxiety. I still have." fear every time I walk past a mirror. I still don't like getting my picture taken. Like I'm not actually better. And it was something I couldn't communicate to them. Like they weren't understanding at the time that, that the anxiety that was living within me every single day was an actual real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were just looking at my tests and that the weight had come back on and I was okay physically. And so On on, on paper, it was like, everything is okay. And so I went back to like the basics, like the very basics of meditation and mindfulness. And I was like, if I can unlearn what I've learned over the last 10 years, maybe I can get my mind to be back to where it was before I started this process and started working in fashion and so forth. And so I went on this whole journey of really discovering mindfulness practices and tools and, and things that I really needed to get back to that place where I realized it wasn't just the food. It wasn't just movement. Those were just two components that were actually very small components in my massive healing mm. journey. Yeah. Um, and it, it was profound. It was this profound awakening where I said, wow, why is everyone teaching about food and movement? There's so much more <laughs> to this process, right? Like, There's yeah. so much more that we need to wake up to, to the fact that how we look isn't just the end all. It's really how we feel inside. Mm, Yeah, that's
1: so good. And I think you have a really interesting perspective on this because you had a solid foundation. So you kind of had already experienced what like a healthy mind and like what mindfulness was, where I think for most of us, like we had when I first started learning about mindfulness, I'd never experienced that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like Mm -hmm. chasing this like mysterious unknown. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. hopefully I know when I get there, (laughs) you know, but you had already known. So how do you think that like impacted your experience and your healing process because you, you already had experienced the destination?
0: Yeah. So for me, I think it allowed me to not be so terrified of it. um, Once I actually made the choice to confront the pain. For a long time, I had avoided the truth that there was something wrong. I tried, I jumped around from diet to diet. I recognized that it didn't matter if I was a size zero or a size 12, I still had the same anxiety that lived within me. Um, but it took, yeah, it took that moment of courage to say, okay, I'm actually going to confront this. But because I had been exposed to it, I think I was more willing to say, okay, I've hit rock bottom. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I didn't have. Once I, once I surpassed that sort of moment of like, okay, I have to actually confront this, I had the courage to go in. I think so many people are so terrified of mindfulness and meditation and journaling. Yeah. Um, they're so terrified of techniques that are going to wake us up because right. who will we be when we're woken up? Yeah. What who are we, we going to find in there? <laughs> exactly. Like what, what's going to happen when we finally wake up to our truth? Who will we, will we be in the same relationships? Will we be in the same career? Will we be around the same people who choose and live like us, right? A lot mm-hmm. of our community is based around the foods we eat and the bonding experiences that we have. And like, if I become a different person, will the people around me still love me or will I even want to be around those people? And so we have to be open to the discomfort that comes from the mind shifting in awareness and that happens through mindfulness practices. And we have to be open to confronting our own thoughts. And I think a lot of people are so terrified of journaling because we're putting our thoughts on paper and Mm. then they're real. And then, and what I always say is those aren't your thoughts that just because you're, you're getting it out of your subconscious mind and putting on a paper doesn't mean that it's actually you. It doesn't define you. It's not who you are at your core. They're just thoughts. They're just, they're just part of your experience based on how you grew up, your childhood conditioning, based on your experiences with other women, based on media, society, culture, mentors, family, friends, like all of these people are impacting the thoughts you have all day. But those thoughts aren't actually you, right? Unless you choose to act on those thoughts, which is something I teach a lot, which is like, we get to we get to look at our thought and say, Well, do I want to act on this thought? Do I want this to to impact my behavior, which then impacts my habits, which impacts my life. Um, but we get to make that choice, right? And I think people are scared to see to see what it is that they're op- – the, the, the place that they're operating from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mindfulness is – we always, like, kind of think about mindfulness as, like, this peaceful Zen state. But in reality, like, mindfulness can feel really messy and, like, chaotic mm-hmm. and dark sometimes yeah. because it's yeah. really, like, waking up and witnessing What's going on inside? Mm -hmm. Um, But once we kind of like start unraveling that stuff and finally start getting to that like peace layer, like what are the changes that people can expect to happen inside of them or, you know, manifesting in their real lives? Like what are some changes that people can look forward to once they're willing to deal with the other stuff?
0: Yeah, I think it's really, really important to first address the fact that we're not accustomed to want to do the mindfulness work or the meditation work because we've been programmed that instant gratification. We believe that instant gratification is possible because we see all day long, the marketing tactics that are presented to us that like, if you do this in seven days, you're going to have this result. And I'm always very transparent with people. And I say, Mindfulness and meditation and working on yourself is not a overnight thing. It's not an instant success. It's not something where you, it's, it's literally pulling back layers and layers and layers. And so we have to first be patient and compassionate and loving with ourselves during the process so that we're not expecting that overnight we're going to drop the weight. Overnight we're going to have these like aha moments. It, 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 it does take time. But what I found is that it's the most powerful thing for sustainable change, Mm. for the change that we want to create in the long run, for the life we want to have six months, one year, 10 years from now. Um, And so when I I personally started my mindfulness practice and I started meditation with a coach from India who would present mantras to me and I would use these mantras and I've been working with him for years now. Um, I noticed what now we see from a scientific standpoint can um, where where meditation can improve being in the present moment. sleeping it, you know with sleep, it helps you sleep. it helps you not have that like lethargic feeling in the morning and needing pick these like quick pick me ups. Um, I saw myself having more compassion for myself and love towards other people. I saw myself overcome the addiction to binging. Um, because it reprograms powerful addictions that we have. I saw myself um, happier. It improved my mood. I saw myself less lonely. Um, So many things, like decreased in anxiety. and, And that's what it did for me, which actually impacted how I felt, mm-hmm. which impacted then my behavior and and the choices that I made. So it's it's like reverse engineering the approach, right? It's, right. It's, it's a different approach. It's like, how do we change our mindset? So then we indirectly change our body versus how do we change our body first thinking we're going to have right. our mind shift. But the thing I've found from years of doing this work and tracking hundreds of clients is that 99% of the time, shifting your body or shifting something physical about you doesn't actually change the outcome of how you feel about yourself. Yeah. There's like a super famous, uh, classic surgeon turned self-help author. Um, Max, Max, Max Maxwell, I think is this the last name? I'll, I'll get you the right spelling. But anyway, he, he shares this whole concept that he saw very, very few people increase their self-esteem after having surgery. Mm. And, What often I find is that the anxiety just gets transferred from one thing to the next. Right. So it's like we have anxiety about our weight. We lose the weight. Then we have anxiety about something else. And then then it just continues until we get to the absolute root cause. And I have found that meditation and mindfulness gets to the the root cause.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when we're so focused on like losing the 10 pounds or however many it is or like fitting the specific size or – getting surgery for your nose if you don't like it or whatever it is, like that's always kind of the band-aid solution to kind of, I guess, numb whatever the real issue is temporarily, Mm -hmm. right? But like numbing Mm -hmm. always wears off and Mm -hmm. then we're still left with feeling unworthy or unlovable or disconnected or like whatever it might be. And so I always do the same thing with my clients where I'm like, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds, but like, why? <laughs> like, how is that going to of- move the needle in your life? How is that going to actually make mm-hmm. make things better for you? And then we usually get to this, like, deep rooted issue. And it's like the same handful of things that we all struggle with, but it's just manifesting as a need to change your body.
0: Right, right. And then the need to change your body is actually an avoidant tactic as well. So we avoid the the, the thing that really needs to shift. And oftentimes that is the relationship, the career, the, the other things in our life that we're avoiding. And, and it always comes back to, I think unworthiness is like the number one thing I see. It's like, I mm-hmm. don't feel worthy of having the life of my dreams. So I'm going to use my body as a way to sabotage yeah. the experience because I'm using it as a story, not because my body's actually sabotaging the experience, but because I'm using that story right. as a way to sabotage because you, I, and I always ask people, like, what is it that you truly want? Well, I want to feel happy, free. I want to feel joyful, loving. And I'm like, okay, well, can you feel that today?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I can't, because but you can. Like, you can always feel that today. It's the choice. It's the choice that we make to feel that in our bodies today. And I always find when you feel that first, then the weight just naturally comes off and you reach your healthiest weight or you realize you didn't actually need to lose weight or you mm-hmm. actually love your body exactly as it is. But we're usually chasing a feeling. And so back to what you were saying about the vision, creating why, well, why do you want to lose the weight? Most people come to me and they say, well, a wedding, a reunion, I have an event coming up. Okay, well, that's something external outside of yourself because I want to look good for someone. What, why do you really want to lose it? And then we dig deeper. And when we focus on sustainable change, like I want to be around for my children someday, I want to be healthy, I want to go travel, I want to see the world. You know these things because I want to feel alive and happy and joyful and so forth. When we think of bigger goals and bigger whys and things beyond the physical body, that's when it becomes sustainable because those are the things that we truly want to create. It's not, it's not the body. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think that we can ever have both, where you know we recognize that our body is not our end all be all? Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Our, our like meat suit or whatever, and um, we have those deeper understandings of ourselves, but we also do want to lose ten pounds. Do you think those things can coexist, or are they exclusive
0: of each other? Yeah, I think a hundred percent they can coexist, and this is where I um I just I talk about this a lot because it, it butts heads with a lot of teachings right now. Uh huh. Um, where. Know. Yeah, where like I think 100% if you want to lose weight because it's going to give you more energy and more vitality and because it's impacting your health, by all means, 100% lose the weight, 100%. But what we have to be careful of is that you have to be able to first fall in love with your body now. Mm -hmm. So they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can love yourself right now exactly as it is. And develop and cultivate the self-love that you need to sustain that self-love the rest of your life. And I'm such a component of loving yourself regardless of the size you're in, regardless of, you know, anything else. Even your health. Like, if your health isn't great right now, still love yourself and feel grateful that you get to experience life right now in the body that you have. But still have this desire for more. Have Have a desire to be healthier. Have a desire to to have more energy, have a desire to be stronger, have a desire to go run that triathlon. I definitely don't think becoming compliant and complacent is is self-love. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, culturally, that's the challenge that I'm facing, especially in my practice is a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, I love myself. So like, it's, you know, is it cool that I sit around all day and yeah. don't work out and eat whatever I want? And, and I'm like, yes, give yourself permission to eat whatever you want. But Let's actually dig up the root cause. Like, are you using the self love category and saying you love yourself to actually prevent yourself from true self love, right. which is taking care of your body? And yes, having wine on a Friday night and enjoying a dinner out with your friends and having a piece of pizza here and there. But it's also cultivating that like true experience of self love, which is I love myself right now and I'm not going to settle and I'm not going to be complacent because deep within me. Like I want to take care of this body because I have that purpose and I want to be alive someday. Mm, I'm like all the praise hand emojis over the over here because
1: (laughs) I I just have the same beliefs. Like I, I always kind of grapple with the idea that like a lot of people are talking about how you, any type of like physical body change related goal is Mm. automatically like Moving away from self love, and uh-huh. I I personally disagree with that. It sounds like you disagree with that, and I also disagree that self love is always about doing what's easy. Because yes. we a lot of people use self love as like an excuse to be complacent or excuse like oh I'll treat yourself or whatever it is. And like sometimes uh-huh. the soul does need that, but other times uh-huh. that's actually moving us away from true self-love and like our 100%. actual highest goods. So mm-hmm. I'm so yeah. glad that you said that and that we like arrived to this part of the yeah. conversation.
0: A hundred percent. Like some people, sometimes I'm like self-love is the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Self-love is the hard. Like it can be the hardest thing. One of my best friends, Ashley Stahl, she, she is a career coach and she's yeah, like love self-love her. means thank you. She's like self-love yourself. isn't she great? She's like self-love is Doing the things you hate, like balancing your debt, yeah, <laughs> like going into the depths of your financial statements and being like, "This sucks," yeah. But because I love myself, I'm going to make sure that I'm moving forward in a place of financial stability, and I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm not going to avoid these things anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I think it's really important that we we look at these components from a different mindset and a different angle. And we start to really drop into like the truth about only, you know, best, of course, like I, I could never tell someone else what's best for them, but I do think we have to become very conscious of when we're self sabotaging, when we're self loving. um, Are we using things as an excuse to not, to not move forward in a healthy way. And everyone has a different definition of health. And I, Again, like I can't define that for you. You can't Mm -hmm. define that for them. But if you are avoiding your truest place of health because maybe you're suppressing emotions with food or so forth, it's important to become conscious of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so much of this is like a habit thing, right? Like we're so used to numbing our emotions. We're so used to turning to food. We're so used to putting ourselves on another diet to like escape the real work. Mm -hmm. And something you really like talking about is habit change and like the small steps that lead to big change. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. um. Kelsey pulled this, you've specifically identified some of those steps as like identifying triggers, removing the emotional charge of stressors, um, the mindfulness mindfulness tools, yet so many people still believe that it's like more willpower, more rules, more restriction, Mm. just like more Mm -hmm. effort. Mm -hmm. So why are those things that like you're really passionate about? Why are those Mm. more productive and effective than the, the model that people are currently using?
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. So we uh, <laughs> we keep pushing. Like, so the more that we keep adding more things to our to do list, mm-hmm. often the less we come. The less we come become aware of our own truth, our own intuition, our own ability to see what our bodies actually need and our own cues. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we don't give ourselves spaciousness, when we don't give ourselves space to think, right, just to think. Like, when was the last time that you gave yourself an hour with no phone, no music, no internet, just to be quiet with no one around? Like, most people, when I ask that, they, they can't tell me. Yeah. And when we don't give ourselves that space, so, so often we think we need to do more. But I'm always people encouraging people to do less and reconnect and get back to themselves because only in the space of yourself, do you know what's good for you and not good for you. And this is where I, I talk a lot about the oversaturation of nutrition information and how we can Google diet. And I think it's like, you get like 9 billion hits or something. Mm. It's like insanity now. Or if you Google nutrition, you get like, I don't know. again, billions and billions and billions of articles. Right. And so we're so oversaturated with information and that's great. And I think it's amazing to do your research, but when we're trying to add, 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 add more things, and we're not getting back to the place within ourselves where we need to connect to our truest self, that's when I find most people struggle. Mm -hmm. And again, we add more things because we're scared to trust ourselves, right. we're scared to listen to ourselves. So we're, we're scared to say, "Well, everyone else is is eating avocado toast, so it should be good for me." We're scared to say it's not good for me because then we're not part of the community. We're not part of the collective whole of everyone eating avocado toast. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's com- it, 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 you know, it sounds comical, but it's true. No, it's it like, is. We're scared that like if coconut makes our skin break out, we're one of a million people that now say coconut is the, the thing to be. It's like where have we created this disconnect and we've created it in the oversaturation of information Mm -hmm. and we have to get back to ourselves. And so, yes, I love forgiveness letters. I love affirmations. I love focused breathing and guided imagery and body scanning and taking an hour If you can once a week to just, or even a full day, to just turn everything off and hear your thoughts, hear your feelings, your feel into your feelings and your emotions and what you're experiencing, Mm -hmm. because that's actually what's driving your habits.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Even yesterday, I was talking to one of my clients. She was like, Every time I get stressed, I immediately go get something to eat, right? And Mm -hmm. like, she's like, How do I break this habit? I'm like, Well, have you considered like just feeling the stress and like sitting in it. And she's like, no, like Mm -hmm. why, why Mm -hmm. would I do that? It's uncomfortable. Right. But by just turning to food or something else, like you're not actually dealing with the thing, like it's still going to be there when you're done chewing, it's still Mm -hmm. there. So Mm -hmm. what are some different ways that people can like process and like feel their feelings? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously stillness and allowing their feelings to even surface Mm -hmm. is the first thing. And once those come in, um, Like, do you have any journal prompts that you love or quick activities that you can
0: share? Yeah, I think people feel bad about feeling bad. Mm. Like, people feel guilty and shameful that they're not feeling well or they're stressed or they're, you know, they don't have all their shit together. And first, I think we have to give ourselves permission that it is okay to feel whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Just the permission alone. Will completely set you free. Like that moment of being like, oh, wow, it's been a shitty day. Oh my gosh, I had, like, this is crazy. I, this is the craziest day of my life. And like, it's okay that I'm stressed out of my mind. Right. And then giving yourself the permission to feel, like you said, into that experience, then breathing through, regulating your nervous system is one of the things I find the most beneficial and most people will say, Oh, I did, I did some deep breathing. Like (laughs) how long they're like, okay, like a a minute, two breaths. Yeah. yeah, Two breaths. Sit for at least. And, and what's funny about it is this is how I used to live. So I, I speak all of this with complete compassion Mm because I know this story. Well, but it's like, what if you were to take five minutes and actually sit with yourself, like you said, and recognize what is, what are these stories? What are the feelings? What's coming up for you? Why is it that you want to suppress the emotion? Because most of the time what happens is then we choose the food, then we feel bad physically in our bodies, then we feel bad emotionally, we feel the guilt and shame for eating the food, mm-hmm. and the cycle continues Right. versus... Okay, sitting down, recognizing, do I really want this food? Is it going to be nourishing for my body? Is it going to serve my highest good? Is it actually doing what I'm intending it to do um, in the sense of, of giving me the nutrients I need for the day? Or, is that, or am I using it for something else? And when you can ask yourself these simple questions, I love prompts and I love questions and I love just being able to sit there and just say, what is it, what is, what am I, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Just that, what, what's, what's going on right now with myself? Will I allow myself, will I allow my space between my thoughts to actually speak to me um, and share what is intuitively happening and my truth and the place inside of myself that knows the answer versus, you know, what I'm making up in my mind to be true? Yeah,
1: yeah. And one thing you mentioned too is like we're so afraid to to own those feelings and like claim them as our own Mm -hmm. because I think we feel shame a lot about them and you mentioned that you have your clients do like forgiveness letters so can you explain Mm -hmm. how shame is manifesting in our like journeys with food and body
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i i just think it's really really important that we always come back to forgiveness for any choice that we feel out of alignment with because we're constantly so most of us are constantly seeking out two different feelings, guilt or shame. Uh And my coach has taught me a lot about this in the sense of like, when we're seeking that feeling, we're going to create circumstances that basically support us in feeling those feelings. Um, And so I think it's really, really important that we start to create new neural networks and create the belief system that anything we do, nothing is wrong. There's no good or bad. It's just the choice that we made in the moment based on how we were experiencing Our environment, how we're experiencing our body, how we're experiencing triggers and all the things around us. And if we can allow ourselves in the moment where we go and binge or we choose something that is out of alignment, that doesn't feel the best for our body, that space of forgiveness, that's when we dissolve the guilt and shame. And that's when we allow ourselves to step into something greater. And so I'm just such a component of like, okay, that didn't feel in alignment. Oh, I forgive myself. No big deal. It's okay. Mm -hmm you know and just reminding myself that i did the best that i could in that moment based on all the experiences around me and the next time i'm going to try better yeah and the next time i'm going to do better and the next time and and literally prep, prepping myself for the next experience where it's like okay next time i'm going to take even more deep breaths mm-hmm. next time i'm going to regulate my nerves next time i'm going to throw on an app on my phone or at my headset with some fun music. And I'm going to shift out of this experience. Like I love pattern interruption. Mm -hmm. So anything you can do to break the pattern in the moment, whether that's turning your cell phone on and listening to like a really fun song that you love, whether that's a meditation that you love, whether that's going outside and doing like a walking meditation, whether that's sitting sitting down and saying, wow, I feel myself getting triggered. Can I journal in this moment Mm -hmm. and really connect to what is true for me? Um, I just love pat- I love interrupting whatever the experience is in that moment.
1: Yeah, because we're often just on like autopilot,
0: you know, like it's just a loop. Exactly. And like- exactly. Like someone in your life taught you how to brush your teeth every morning. And because of that, every morning you get up and you brush your teeth the exact same way. Mm-hmm. But is that habit serving you? for brushing your teeth 100% serving you. <laughs> yes. But but like someone else taught you that when you're stressed you go to the cupboard at night. Mm-hmm. Like someone taught me on like my my mother would get really stressed on Sunday night. And so I noticed myself binging every Sunday night or before I went on a trip and I track that to like that was my experience as a childhood in my child. So as a child I realize that on those in those two experiences, there was stress, anxiety, fear, worry. And so even though there was no stress on a Sunday night in my current home, uh-huh. that pattern had been basically transferred from my childhood to today. And I was operating from that place. And I'm like, this doesn't feel good. Something doesn't feel good. So I would go to the cupboard. And when I started to recognize, I feel safe. There's nothing to stress about. I have no fear. I can work Monday morning if I want. I don't have to work Monday morning. Like like I get to create my own schedule. I don't have to have this sort of recurring pattern over and over where like every Sunday night it's this constant binge fest. Mm-hmm. Like that. that's not serving me, nor is it serving, you know, my future family or my husband or anyone in my environment. Like it. it there's, there's nothing positive that's coming from that other than the awareness that it's time to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with like forgiving ourselves cuz I think one of the
1: pivotal moments of my own journey was like once I stopped just being frustrated and being in like this n- tangle of like angst about my situation like why mm-hmm. couldn't I do it right? Why couldn't this time be different? I wanted this time to be different like whether it's like, I overate or I skipped a workout or whatever it was um mm-hmm. I just like was always asking why can't I? And Mm -hmm. once I started asking, what can I learn from this or how can I do better? Like that was the key. And I think it's because I had forgiveness and I recognized that like I Mm -hmm. did what I could with what I had. So I I Mm -hmm. love that you brought that up. And I was wondering if you're comfortable sharing, if not Mm -hmm. totally cool, but can you give us an example of what a forgiveness letter might look like if someone wants to do an exercise on this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that. So I have done many forgiveness letters. The most recent one that I wrote was to my body for getting breast implants. Mm. Um, No judgment if you have them. I had them for a decade and I ended up getting really sick from my breast implants. And in the process of getting them out, I became very angry at myself. Mm. Um, I became very angry at myself that I made a choice Because I wanted to extend my modeling career for financial gain, which then impacted my health, which then impacted my mental health um, and my physical health down the road, right? So I, in this process of recognizing, oh, wow, I have no one to blame. Like, I can't blame the surgeon. I can't blame the modeling industry. no No one forced me to get these implants. I made that choice. I became extremely angry with myself somewhat depressed, really crazy bouts of anxiety. Um, And I had to go through this process. Like I had to sit down with myself and be like, I forgive you, Sarah, I forgive you for that little girl that inside you wanted to be liked and loved by an industry that wanted you a certain size. And I forgive you for making this choice that wasn't in alignment with your highest good. Mm -hmm. And I forgive you for who, uh, who you were at that time, and you no longer are that person, but I still forgive you for that choice. And, and it took, it took several letters and it took several sort of ceremony, ritual experiences, looking in the mirror, standing in the mirror naked, being like, I don't know how I'm going to look after this surgery. And I'm still going to love this body. Yeah, And I forgive you for putting these implants in and I forgive you for what that consequence is. um, but you can do it with anything, right? Like it could be that like you'd be like, "Oh, I for I, I, I." You could write. You could sit down and write. And say to to yourself, "I forgive you for eating overeating last night, and now I have a stomachache. Like I'm I'm sorry for that experience of putting my body through this." I always think my my biggest lesson on all of it was like you actually can heal your relationship with food when you heal your relationship with your body, mm-hmm. and and you forgive yourself for the the actions that you take towards your body, because when you heal your relationship with your body, you recognize in this, in this moment that it's like, I want to keep my body alive. I want so badly to have gratitude and self-love for this beautiful body that I was given. And I believe on a spiritual level, we choose our bodies Mm -hmm. And I think that we choose them for the lessons and the people we want to attract and what we want to do on this planet and the mission that we have. And so when I connect to that part of myself, I'm like, "Wow, why would I ever do anything damaging to my body?" And when I do, if I can move into a place of forgiveness, then it let then I can let it go much easier. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, but you can do it for anything. I mean, there's nothing. You know, it could be it could be towards someone. Could be toward i've I've written them towards my mother my father, mm-hmm. my brother, like you know agents, um, people in my high school people I guess bullied by, yeah, yeah,
1: I think that's so so powerful because it's i mean there's a saying like holding on to anger or like bitterness or resentment is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt someone else, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. if if you're just holding on to that it's not serving you. Like it it does in some weird, dark way, it serves you. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it doesn't serve your highest self. And another thing I want to call out from what you just said is like healing our um, relationship with our body heals our relationship with food. And that was just mm-hmm. a light bulb moment for me. Like you just connected something that I knew but didn't know how to say. And that makes uh. so much sense because I think a lot of like, our poor relationship with food is almost always because of the way food impacts our body. It's mm-hmm. not ever really about the food, and you know mm-hmm. what we think about our body and what we make that mean about worthiness and love and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's never actually about the food. It's never actually about our body.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so profound. It's it, and it's so interesting to to play off something you just said. For example, like a lot of times we're like, because we have this like anger and, and fear and we have this, like these moments of pain towards other people, we're like, oh, I want to get revenge on that person. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women come to me and they're like, well, I, I want to feel better in my body so that my ex, so I can make Mm -hmm. my ex jealous because I got out of this relationship and like, okay. I mean, this super sincerely for anyone listening. Because it's a lesson that took me so long to learn. But we should never, ever, ever be changing our body for someone else. Mm -hmm. Ever. Ever. Like, this is like the one thing if you can take away from this podcast and listening. It's like, we should feel good in our bodies for us. And we should be making choices for us. And if someone's going to love you unconditionally, they're going to love you for the body that you choose to inhabit because you love yourself. And that's just something that has been such an eye-opening experience for me, especially with getting my implants out and worrying what my husband would think and um, going down that experience. Like Mm. I've just learned throughout this process that like anytime we act out of revenge or anger or fear, we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah. Like instead of acting from that place, why don't we just – Shift into a place of forgiveness for the experience and then move into self love that we want to take care of ourselves for us Mm -hmm. versus revenge for someone else because it's never sustainable. I think that's what people don't get. Like that feeling isn't sustainable. And once we reach a certain weight and look a certain way, well, if we still have the emotional experience underneath that, we still have the healing to do.
1: Right. And if you're waiting for someone to be like, oh, yeah. Ding! You look good, or like whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you know, if you're waiting for that as your validation or your justification, like what if it never comes? First of all, and then what if it does? Nothing is going to change, and that brings us to like one of your Instagram posts recently. Is you said like you're the only person that can determine if you're worthy of a happy, healthy life. Healthy life, yeah, Yeah. and like no one else can decide that for you, and like getting Mm -hmm. validation from others is like it's just like a cheap, quick hit, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like, we think, well, we're constantly searching outside of ourselves for people to say, you can do this. You're worthy of this life and so forth, but no one's in your body. Mm-hmm. so like, no one knows what happens when you leave work. No one knows what happens, you know, in between your workout session and your yoga class. Like, it's like, it's like, we're constantly wanting to place the responsibility on other people and this is something else i talk a lot about and i again super triggering conversation and i know it's but it's i think it's just important for people to hear that we blame the health coach the doctor the uh, you know our gym membership like it's like everything right we're constantly in blame most of us most of us are constantly looking out of our outside of ourselves and saying okay and that's why they jump from diet to diet to expert to like, Oh, well this health coach didn't save me. And I just want to empower you. If you're listening, like you're the only person that can save yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're the only person that can take radical responsibility for your life. And most of the time, again, going back to the beginning of this conversation, you have all the information, right? You've probably already listened to tons and tons of podcasts and know a ton of things, but it's like, you're the only person that can actually put them into play
1: Mm -hmm. and figure out what they mean for you too but right like by getting still exactly turning inward because there's so much noise Mm -hmm. and it's almost sometimes it is like an information thing but most of the time it's not an information thing where you need more information usually it's like you need less and you need stillness
0: and you need exactly 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 and that's when when we take when we look outside of ourselves and we say, okay, well, I have all this information and I have gone from diet to diet and protocol to protocol and doctor to doctor and health coach to health coach. And now it's time to just like look within and figure it out within myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful space and opportunity where you get to take everything and you get to say, okay, well, what, what's for me, what works for me and, and how can I start taking this responsibility for my health and my life and so forth? Um, but it's easy. It's easy to to bounce around. Mm-hmm. I know that story. Well, I've lived that story for many years. Yep. Um, and I, I had that story happen to me when I was in Australia. I moved to Australia thinking I could run away from my mind and start over mm-hmm. and start fresh. And then I realized that my mind moved me. <laughs> Funny I realized quickly that you can't outrun the experience that you're trying to outrun, regardless of what side of the world you're on, regardless of what coach you're in, regard, working with, regardless of what doctor, you know, you have to you have to confront the part of you that doesn't feel worthy, that doesn't feel loved, that didn't have those things growing up and say, well, even though I didn't have it then, that doesn't mean I can't have it now. Yeah. And like, why do I continue to hold this story and keep it alive within me and then use my external experience to validate it? Mm-hmm why not just shift the internal experience and then your external will shift as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, I know you said that that's like, I mean, it's kind of a triggering conversation, but at the same time, I think it's equally as empowering. And I hope that that's like what people leave this conversation feeling. And I also know that you have um, like a resource to offer to support that as well, mm. if you want to share that.
0: Yeah, so I um, I would love if, if you're interested, I have a free empowerment pack. That is a 21 day sort of like jumpstart, let go of dieting program to kind of ease you into letting go of this dieting thinking. Um, and it's on my website at com slash free. Um, and then I also have a three day mini course coming out. That's free as well, that if you sign up for that, you'll get access to, um, once that launches. And so, yes, I would love for anyone interested, or if you have any questions about anything we talked about, you can connect with me on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart, and um, and I always write people back. I might take a day or two, yeah. i always, I'm always, I'm always in conversation with people. So if right. you have any questions, I would love to connect.
1: Awesome, all that stuff will be linked in our show notes as always, and we are so grateful. About- for everything that you just shared with us. But before you go, there's one question that we always ask our guests, because this is a grinding grateful podcast. We've got to know what is one thing that you're currently grinding toward and working hard for? Um, it could be physically, mentally, spiritually, anything. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing mm-hmm. that you're hugely grateful for?
0: Yeah, so I... Um... Grinding. I am, I turned my manuscript in for my first Exciting. book. So that was something that was a grind for sure. Yeah. Um, and I would say equally grateful because I, um, I think it was something that I wanted to do for so, so I think we have these things, right. That we, we hold a vision for and we're like, I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to create it. But then until we actually step in and do Mm -hmm. it. So I'm just like grateful for the experience to be able to write this book and share this information with the world and just create these mindset shifts and, and and allow people to experience them as well to start to break down cultural and um, societal norms that we've been taught our whole lives that just aren't, aren't serving us. And so I would say, like, I'm equally grateful and in the grind because yeah. I I was able to just turn in my manuscript. So. Congrats!
1: That's so <laughs> exciting, and I know that I speak for probably everyone listening that I'm like so excited to get my hands on it. Um, Thank you. I'm sure you still have like a little bit of a road to get it out into mm-hmm. the world. I've heard that publishing mm-hmm. a book is no small feat. Um, But I'm super excited and super grateful for our conversation today. And guys, if you enjoyed this, if you got some wisdom from this conversation, be sure to screenshot your phone right now, post up on your Instagram story, tag Sarah and I, and let us know what you got out of it so that we can send you some love back. And Sarah, thank you again for your time and sharing your stories with us. We really
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's always so much fun to talk about this stuff and I'm so grateful. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.